I'm Kieran Lynch, and welcome to Obicast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode, we bring latest insights, advice, and technical updates for the sheep industry. A lot of flocks around the country have begun the process of selecting this year's Yule lambs. With this in mind, I'm joined by Dr. Fiona McGovern, who shares some of her insights into this area. We start off by discussing some of the recent findings and the key factors influencing ewe longevity. We move on to discuss the genetic component of a number of these key traits and how they influence production. Fiona discusses why your replacement policy should have the scope for continual selection and culling during the year, and how to use records and simple identifiers to target underperforming or problem sheep within the flock. Fiona describes the variation she's seen from the detailed recording of maternal traits in the insect flock in Atmarie over the past number of years. We finish up with Fiona highlighting the need to make use of genetic indexes when we're selecting sires for future placements, particularly when we're trying to improve flock performance for those hard to see traits. This is the time of the year that a lot of farmers would start to focus on maybe what their lambs look like, have they a nice bunch of your lambs coming forward and for closed flocks it's really important that you're selecting your most productive lambs which will eventually become the mothers within your flock. And it, like it is something that will influence in profitability performance for coming season. Maybe just to set the scene for us, I know there's been a recent study released one of our colleagues Dr Nori McHugh was involved in Looking at you longevity in Irish flocks, it's quite surprising some of the results from that. So maybe you'll just allude to some of them. It'll, it'll kind of explain the scene of where we are. Yeah, so Noreen published some work recently that looked at your longevity. So how long are yours are lasting within the flock? And surprisingly to most of us, the average length of time that a yo is lasting within the flock is only four and a half years of age. So by four and a half years, she's been cold or she's gone from the flock for one reason or another so that means that our yos are only lasting three and a half lactations now interestingly that was similar to work that they've done in the uk so i guess we are on par but it just seems like a much shorter length of time than most of us would imagine and like that's the average figure and look as we often make the common average it tells a lot but it hides a hell of a lot too some of them yos will be dropping out very early and some of the problems that they drop out with they cost us in terms of productivity, but they cost us in terms of labour intervention in many cases too. I'm thinking here in terms of status, lameness, you know, the difficult lammers, the barren ewes. A lot of these traits are very hard to see and they really have a long lasting impact and there is a genetic component to them. Maybe you'll just tease out some of them for us a bit more. Yeah, so in Noreen's study, they were seeing that um, 5 to 10% of the ewes were only lasting for one lactation. So there was clearly a problem there you know, mastitis prolapse or severe lameness that was causing the yew to be culled from the flock at an early age. And I suppose we don't have a way of maybe seeing these traits, particularly when we go to select our yew lambs. So we can look at the genetics of the animal to try and help us and assist us in making these decisions. So in genetics, something that we often talk about is heritability. So that's the degree of variation in the population due to genetics, or basically the amount of the variation that we can see in the animal that they've inherited from their sire or dam. So we measure heritability on the national flock database. And for some traits like live weight or growth rate traits, they have quite high heritabilities. So coming in at about 25%. Um, some of your health traits have lower heritabilities but they're also quite significant. So lameness would have a heritability of about 10%. 
whereas mastitis is slightly lower at 4%, but it does mean that there's a genetic component to that, I guess, illness or flaw within the animal that they can inherit the likelihood of getting mastitis. I think these are all traits that will influence production. So there are traits that will inquire or require intervention in many cases. They're difficult to see traits. I'm thinking at the moment, most flocks will pick on physical appearance, well-grown new lambs. You know, we might have some records of what their potential breeding is in them. And none of that is wrong. And in some ways, by proxy, selecting well-grown new lambs, in some ways, is selecting for dams of better milk yield possibly coming through. But making use of records that we have, I'm thinking of other problems here that we encounter, like difficult lambing, you know, use the prolapse, modern ability. Making use of records, Fiona, in commercial flocks to actually identify them or make progress in that area. How hard is that? Or should we, should we be doing something different? Yeah, so I think it is definitely something that all of us as farmers can look at. And it's probably not as hard as we might first think. So obviously within Athen Ryan in our INZAC flock, we're doing a huge amount of recording and we're recording everything electronically. So I suppose that's the gold standard system where all our records of lambing difficulty, of prolapse and mastitis, they're all there for us, you know, at the touch of a button, I guess. But on a farm, it can be no different. I mean, there are some simple approaches you can take to recording either your problem yos so that you'll know their lambs or maybe your best yos for the want of putting it. Um, you can use like cheaper methods like tip tags or replacement tags in you know, yo lambs that are coming from productive yos that have had less lambing difficulty, they're not getting mastitis, they're not lame. Or you can just simply have a pen and paper, a notebook in the corner of the shed that you're jotting down information in. Maybe you're using the notepad on your smartphone. We're all accused of having one of those nowadays. So it's just really simple, whatever works for you, like a simple method of recording. And before you bring in your yo lambs, maybe in the next few weeks to select replacements, just go back and have a look at that notebook. Read through those notes that you made. If there are particular yo's that caused you an awful lot of hassle or, you know, meant that you were up a few nights more than you wanted to be up in the middle of lambing, then maybe don't pick those yo lambs because they're the ones that are more than likely going to cause you trouble in the future. You alluded to something that used to tip tags often think cull tags are some underutilized on farms, even notching. The need for culling are underperformers. Like to an extent we know in every flock we have high performing yews. Sometimes we have underperforming yews that are slipping through from season to season and we're potentially selecting female replacements of some of these yews or certainly we might potentially put some of these yews back to a maternal ram to produce a future crop. How big of an issue do you think that is? Like you're uniquely positioned because you've looked at a huge number of records within your own flock in Inzac and Athenry but it is a, it is a potential issue each season yeah so i think the passenger yo i guess as we'll call her today is something that we often forget about there's a lot of focus on you know selecting your best lambs and your lambs that look the best or are growing really well but we often think about like when we're culling are we actually culling hard enough in our flocks so are there yo's slipping through the net every year just to make up the numbers but the problem is that these yo's could be the ones that are eating away at all of our time or you know causing us more trouble in the spring when we're already really busy or producing lambs that just aren't meeting their weight targets and are always falling behind the others and i think in often cases we've seen in our inzac flock in athen rye we could have a yo you know it's really well conditioned she's had two lovely lambs she goes out to the field all is good 
when it comes to weaning, all of a sudden the ewe only has one lamb. So she has, for some reason or another, most cases lack a milk yield, been unable to rear two lambs, even though physically there's nothing wrong with the ewe. And it's often those ewes that, you know, again, when it comes around to selecting your cull ewes will be in better condition, looking the part. And of course, you're going to let her through the net. Why would you cull her if you don't know any different? It, like, it brings up just another issue, the whole idea of continual selection. I know there's some flocks out there that have worked hard to make progress on improving their yield productivity, making it easier to work with flock. It's difficult to cull hard always, sometimes because we're not bringing in enough replacements, but there is a need maybe for continual selection of our replacements. Yeah, so, you know, if you're using tip tags or you're kind of earmarking lambs from lambing onwards that's absolutely great and we would definitely recommend doing that but you need to continually look at those bunch of lambs so inevitably there are always going to be some that just don't catch your eye or don't meet the growth targets and that's perfectly fine but I suppose you need to ensure that you're selecting enough at the start so we would recommend a minimum of a 25% replacement rate so in a 100 yo flock you're talking about 25 replacement yo lambs coming in every year. Now, in order to have those 25, you probably need to be selecting or earmarking about 30% of your yo lambs. So, you know, you don't feel one or two dropping off for one reason or another. And I think it's important throughout the year, whether it's weaning or maybe later into the autumn when you're drafting lambs and so on, that you're observing the yo lambs. How are they doing? Have they picked up lameness? You know, are they meeting their growth targets? Are they performing as good as they should? And if they're not, don't feel you have to hold on to them, but have enough there to start with. You give yourself that little bit of scope that if you need to go back, you can call more. Yeah, exactly. Like sometimes we're good at selecting what we think is the best, but maybe, and I think it's probably an Irish trait, maybe we're not harsh enough at culling what needs to be culled. I'm just thinking, like, look, we touched on a number of aspects of insight earlier, but you're recording a lot more health traits in the past number of years. I know Sheep Ireland are as well within some of their own flocks they're working with. How do you see that, maybe you'll allude to what all you're recording, but how do you see that having an influence on the indexes in the coming seasons? Yeah, so I suppose when Sheep Ireland began, which was over 10 years ago now, the first traits that they went after were the low-hanging fruit. So, you know, your weight traits, your body condition scores, slamming difficulty, the things that are quite obvious. Now we've started looking more at some of our, I suppose, harder to measure traits. Um, so lameness and mastitis, they're now included in the indexes since last year. Um, mastitis, we're also recording that. Prolapse, lambing difficulty, poor mothering ability, lamb vigor. So the traits that I suppose are slightly harder to capture, but also have an impact not only on the labour requirement within the flock, but also maybe on, you know, the level of antibiotics that you're using or your overall profitability. Like I suppose we, we've kind of touched on a number of aspects of the maternal contribution to this, but you can allude the data what's going in the index. It's a bit early in the season before we start thinking about rams, but obviously they have a huge impact on your potential replacement. So if you're picking a selecting a ram in the coming months, it's going to have a big impact to produce your replacements. will have a big impact on flock productivity for a long number of seasons. What should we be looking for there? Yeah, so obviously, you know, when we go to select a ram, whether it's to a breeder's yard or in the mart, you know, the two things straight away that we decide are the breed of ram that we want to purchase. So whether it's 
maternal or terminal um, and what the ram looks like. So we all have an idea of, you know, the physical type of ram that we'd like to have within our flock. The problem is that there's an awful lot of stuff like everything that we've just been talking about that you can't actually see. And by looking at a ram, you're not going to have a clue if, you know, his yews are going to be harder lambing or more prone to lameness or mastitis. So this is where the genetics really comes in as a tool that can help us in making our selection decisions. Um, so, you know, we would say like, go with the physical attributes, obviously, but use the genetic indexes. They're there, they're freely available, and they just give us some of that extra information that may help us to pick an animal that's going to best suit our flock. Fiona, I think we've probably come full circle there with a, looking at them hard to see traits that we won't identify for a number of years. It is something that now we have a bit more information on, certainly something we should make use of. Oh, definitely. Without doubt, Kieran. Always good to get your insights, Fiona. Thanks very much for joining us. No problem. Thanks very much. Okay, a lot of very interesting points raised by Fiona. Again, selection of replacements has a big impact on future flock performance and profitability. Having a breeding policy with a bit more scope for continuous selection and culling is something that has a lot of merit. Again, making use of records and simple identifiers are all practical means that we can employ in flocks to improve performance. Great to see some work ongoing on the health traits and getting them incorporated into a genetic index. And again, it's something we need to pay attention to in the coming weeks when it comes time to purchase new rams. That's it for this episode. Again, for any updates on the sheep program, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chagas Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in to future episodes.